What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at DeepDiveFF, on Instagram at DeepDiveFantasyFootball, and as always, check out the website DeepDiveFantasyFootball.com. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and we're going to be going over the Bills-Titans game that we saw on Tuesday, and then we're going to get into everything that we want to get into for this week. Starts, sits, and a bunch of other good stuff, situations to monitor. But before we do so, a couple uh, housekeeping things got to go over real quick. Obviously, this did not release Thursday morning. I usually always release it Thursday morning because I'm trying to get the information out to you guys as early as possible before the Thursday night game happens. Obviously, we don't have a game today. So, and I say today because I'm recording this on Thursday. Usually I record on Wednesday, but I figured why not wait, you know, another half day, get more information, more updates on injuries, more updates on, you know, maybe Le'Veon Bell signs somewhere, all this stuff. I figured, you know, I'll just wait a little bit longer because there's no rush, because there's no Thursday game. So that's why it's coming out a little bit later. Just wanted to go over that. And then the second thing that I wanted to say before we get into it is that with all the schedule changes that might happen from COVID and whatnot, I may give some starts or some sits and some games that might get rescheduled. So if they don't get played this week or whatever, you know, that's just part of the life that we're living now. That's part of football. It is what it is. You know, that's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> that's my boy's favorite saying. Uh, he he's listening. He knows what I'm talking about. Just ignore that part. Um, but let's go over the Bills Titans game from Tuesday and some things that we could take away from it. The Titans somehow this was crazy to me. They somehow managed to look great despite having one practice in two weeks, and it was basically a walkthrough. Ryan Tannehill continues to prove math wrong with his insane efi- efficiency. Mainly this game, it was his touchdown rate, but his efficiency wasn't, you know, bad in the other categories where it brought his season average down yet. So he's still like supremely efficient in everything. And it's crazy that it's still like that now, especially with the running game struggling with Derrick Henry. Speaking of, it's time to get worried about him. Aside from touchdowns, he had two touchdowns this game, so it really helped his fantasy day. Aside from touchdowns, his efficiency through the entire season so far has been atrocious. Last year, he averaged 5.1 yards per carry. Once Ryan Tannehill took over, he averaged over 6 yards per carry. This year so far, 3.7 yards per carry. 3.7, that's about 70% of last year's efficiency. Now, there's a few things that could have happened to cause this. Maybe Jack Conklin being gone is a big factor. I personally think that it is. Also, A.J. Brown, you know, he hasn't been playing all this year until this week. So maybe that was part of it. They, you know, can focus more on Derrick Henry, and that's why his yards per carry is bad. Well, here's the thing. A.J. Brown was back this week. He looked great this week. He started off hot from the jump this week. And still, Derrick Henry's yards per carry were 3.7, exactly in line with the season average thus far. So to me, the biggest thing is Jack Conklin being gone. And that's not obviously something that's going to change. So it's, it's time to be worried about Henry because he's never been the reception guy. He's never been the guy who is game script proof. He has always been good for fantasy when he is good based off 
mad carries combined with mad efficiency combined with touchdowns. If he loses the efficiency, that's a third of his output. That is a big deal. It's not like he has receptions to offset that. So it's time to get worried about him. I would ship him off for a lot of guys that, you know, is in that same general range as him. I would probably, let me think real quick. I'd rather have, Mixon's a close one. Mixon's really close um, for me, but I would much rather have Clyde. I've seen that deal go down a lot. A lot of people have DM'd me on Twitter or Instagram about, you know, offers either them sending out Henry for Clyde or somebody sending Clyde to them for Henry. And every single time I've been like, you got to smash that. That's the easy accept. So, you know, just see if you have Henry, test the waters. See what you can get for him. A.J. Brown, like I just said, he started off hot. He was hot the whole game. He's a beast. First game back, 21 points. That was awesome to see, especially because I am always somebody weary to start somebody in their first game back from an injury because I never know whether the team's bringing them back at 100% or they're close enough to 100%. So we'll bring them back now and maybe they don't do that good that first game. But and sometimes they're rusty, but that was not the case at all with AJ Brown. So that was that was awesome. And then somehow Johnny Smith, he finds the end zone consistently despite the few amount of targets that he gets from game to game. He's usually like around seven targets and he always has a touchdown. It's pretty crazy. He's kind of like a Mark Andrews light. Josh Allen moving to the Bills. He showed some bad tendencies that he had last year. He was forcing passes and because of it had some turnovers. Stephon Diggs, he kept dominating 16 targets. And then rookie Gabriel Davis, if you have him in any dynasty leagues, I'm not saying you should be picking him up in regular leagues, but in dynasty leagues, if you have him or if he's on the waiver, he definitely should not be on the waiver. But if you have him, he's looking pretty good right now. Another nice day, nine, tar- nine targets, five receptions, 58 yards. With that out the way, with that game recap done, I would give you guys a thrifty Thursday trick, but obviously there's no Thursday game. So we're going to move straight into starts and DFS plays, and I'm going to start it out with my team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Packers. Start your Tom Brady. This is going to be a shootout. It's going to be a shootout, boys, and it's going to be probably the most entertaining game of this week's slate, in my opinion, either that or the Bills Chiefs. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs run away with that game. So... This Packers-Bucks game is probably going to go back and forth. It's going to be Rodgers versus Brady. Mike Evans on one sideline. Devontae Adams on the other. Chris Godwin on one. Uh, They don't have a great second receiver with Lazard done. So I guess Robert Tanyan on the other. And then you got Aaron Jones. Rojo's been playing really good. Don't sleep on my man Rojo. Um, And yeah, it's just going to be a great game. And I think Tom Brady's going to come back, one, pissed off because... We know that Tom Brady's a smart, intelligent guy, and he does not like the way... Like, he can make jokes about it on social media and stuff, but I'm sure internally, mentally, conversations with himself, he is very, very upset about that. And he's going to come out, and he's going to see this matchup, and he's like, man, I'm not letting my team my team lose this one. We got to get up four and be four and two, not three and three. That's a huge difference. He's going to realize that, and he's going to try and win this game. It's going to be great. So start Tom Brady. I wouldn't be surprised if he has, if him and Rodgers both have four or five touchdowns and hit, you know, eight plus touchdowns combined between the two of them. David Montgomery versus the Panthers. And also last thing for Tom Brady, obviously everyone's healthy. This is going to be his first game with Evans and Godwin fully healthy with no lingering issues. Hopefully Evans doesn't have any lingering issues. It doesn't seem like he will. So that's another thing there. David Montgomery versus the Panthers. It's a great matchup. David Montgomery, as long as Le'Veon Bell doesn't sign there. David Montgomery is getting receptions now, so even if he doesn't perform well efficiently on the ground, unlike Derrick Henry, he's getting receptions, and maybe he'll stumble into a touchdown or two. Who knows? Jonathan Taylor versus the Bengals. 
I like this one because of the game script. Although, we will talk about this game later. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals win. But, Jonathan Taylor could easily get, you know, they might finally commit to him. Uh, it's not like the Bengals have a great run defense. Jonathan Taylor could easily get 20 carries. Maybe he'll do, you know, a little bit better efficiently this week than before. But even if not, I think he'll get enough work and a touchdown or two to go along with it. So I like him versus the Bengals, especially if the Colts get up early with that defense, giving Joe Burrow a very tough time. Alexander Madison, this is a slam everywhere. DFS, regular season, pretty much anything else. Over, under on his yardage, I'm probably taking the over. Over, under on touchdowns, over. Like every single thing for Madison is looking great this week versus the Falcons. The Falcons have never been good over the last three years versus receiving running backs. Alexander Madison, when Dalvin Cook is out, gets used the exact same way as Dalvin Cook, and he gets mad receptions. So that, combined with how good he is as a runner, combined with the fact that the Falcons' defense sucks, this is a perfect matchup for him. So I love Alexander Madison. Great. Put him everywhere in your lineups. Justin Jefferson, also same team. Just, Justin Jefferson is a slam here at current price in DFS, in my opinion. It's not just going to be the Adam Thielen show this week versus the Falcons. They literally have nobody that can cover anyone. So Jefferson and Thielen are both probably going to have great days. I have a good mix. I usually only set like two or three lineups every week in DFS just because I don't want to get too crazy. Um, I just like, you know, having a, a few set guys that I'm rooting for. So I usually only set two or three, but I have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen in at least one out of all three of them. I have both. So Justin Jefferson, Thielen, great guys. And then on the other side of the ball, obviously, Ridley, Julio, they're going to be good starts too. Matt Ryan will be a, a, a risky, a good tournament play because he's been bad even in good matchups. But this is another good matchup. Hopefully he bounces back if Julio's 100%. So in DFS, I don't mind you taking a shot at Matt Ryan either. Go to the Lions game. We have James Robinson and LaVisca Chenault for the Jaguars as starts for me. The Lions defense is not good, one. Two, this is a matchup between two teams that are probably going to be able to put up points on each other because they both have bad defenses. And the fact that James Robinson's been getting the receiving is good. So even if they fall behind, James Robinson's going to get receiving. Like I said, bad defense. I, I'm sure he's going to get some positive regression this week, get a touchdown or two. So I like James Robinson a lot. Then LaVisca Chenault. DJ Chark, I don't know what's going on with him, man. It's a disappointment. It sucks. Not like he has anything to do with it or it's his fault. But, you know, it sucks for all of us that drafted him really high. He looked like a great slam this year at current ADP or at, you know, pre-draft ADP. But with him being banged up, whether he plays or not, LaVisca Chenault might end up playing his way into the number one role. I mean, you just think about the type of receiver DJ Chark is. He's not a high target kind of guy. LaVisca Chenault, however, they use him everywhere. He's slowly been increasing in targets from week to week to week. This is a great matchup. DJ Chark is banged up. LaVisca Chenault could get 10, 12 targets. I mean, this game is looking great for him. I I think this is the week. Like every week, we see a new rookie receiver breakout. We had the Justin Jefferson week. That week was actually big for a lot of people, uh, including like Ayuk, Higgins, and who was the other one? I think it was Gabriel Davis. Um, those guys. And then... We had Claypool last week. We've had other guys on other weeks. And I think this is going to be the LaVisca Chenault breakout week. So try and catch it before it's too late. TJ Hawkinson versus the Jags. Same game, other side of the ball. Jags are bad versus tight ends. This is going to be, in my opinion, a high-scoring game. TJ Hawkinson is looking like a good play. AJ Brown versus the Texans. He was a beast last week. 
technically two days ago. And this is going to be another game where the Texans, they don't have... See, obviously, we have a recurring theme, right? Through all the starts, it's good players and, like, pass-heavy game scripts if they're receivers versus bad defenses. This is another thing here with A.J. Brown. This probably won't be a pass-heavy game script, but A.J. Brown has never been the guy that succeeds off pass-heavy game scripts. He's always the guy that's just madly efficient with a low target count, and I expect that to continue versus the Texans. Antonio Gibson versus the Giants. The Giants' defense sucks. They're finally committing to Antonio Gibson. He's getting all the carries. He's getting a good amount of the receptions. Him and McKissick are still splitting. McKissick's out-touching him in receptions a little bit, but they throw enough to their running back that Gibson only getting 40% of the work is still a lot. He's getting four or five receptions. So, He's going to get the work versus a bad defense. I like him a lot this week as well. And lastly, Christian Kirk versus the Cowboys. This is going to be a high-scoring game. I don't care that Dak is out. Andy Dalton, with those weapons, is going to be serviceable enough to put up 28, 30 points in this game. I would not be surprised at all, especially considering the state of the Falcons. Or, I mean, sorry, not the Falcons. The state of the Cardinals' defense. So, and Kirk has finally been getting healthy. He's, over the last two games, got better and better. And I think that continues. It's a great game. And yeah, I mean, I know he's on Monday, so he's not going to count for a lot of Sunday slates, but Christian Kirk is somebody that I I like a lot this week. Now let's talk about some sits. DJ Moore. Oh, it pains me. It pains me. One of my favorite guys to draft this year, DJ Moore. He has clearly been supplanted by Robbie Anderson. Anyone that tells you otherwise has not been watching games. So DJ Moore versus the Bears. Sit him because not only is he not the number one target, not only is it not a good matchup, but they're probably not even going to be able to throw the ball a lot. They're probably going to be this. This could be a really ugly low scoring game. I wouldn't be surprised at all because the Bears offense isn't great, um, which is why it still pains me so much that they beat my Buccaneers on Thursday. But the Bears offense isn't great. So despite the Panthers defense not being great, I still think it could be a pretty low scoring game because the Bears are not the type of offense to take advantage of a bad defense. Joe Burrow versus the Colts. I love Joe Burrow, but this is a really tough game. Probably going to be low scoring as well. Carson Wentz versus the Ravens. Horrible matchup. We saw what they did to Joe Burrow because of his lack of an offensive line. They're going to do the exact same thing to Carson Wentz. Miles Sanders versus the Ravens. Avoid him in DFS. Don't sit him in regular lineups, of course. But in DFS at his price, it's too expensive for me. Ravens running backs versus the Eagles. And Giants running backs versus Washington football team. Ugh, I hate saying that. The Ravens running backs and the Giants running backs. There's too many of them in both backfields. They all split. And the Ravens running backs, even though their offense is much better than the Giants and they have more scoring opportunities, they split with also Lamar Jackson. So I'm sitting all the running backs between both those teams pretty much every week, to be honest. But sometimes in tournaments, I'll take a long shot at someone, depending on who they're playing. But the Eagles also have a decent run defense, and Washington has a decent run defense. So the matchups aren't even that good. And then Melvin Gordon versus the Patriots, if he plays... So granted, you know, now with the DUI, he might not play, whatnot, but you could just replace his name with Philip Lindsay. If Gordon doesn't play, then Philip Lindsay is a sit versus the Patriots. If Gordon does play, Gordon is a sit versus the Patriots because think about that offense. Cortland Sutton's gone. I'm pretty sure Noah Fant's not playing. That's at least what it seemed like he has been on track for or so far. And the Patriots are going to focus on the best players, and that's Melvin Gordon and Jerry Judy. Or if Lindsay starts, Lindsay and Judy. So those guys are probably going to get eliminated at the game. Locke is going to have to find someone else to go to if he wants to win this game, which of course he does. So I don't expect much from either of those two guys. So yes, Jerry Judy as well as Ace versus the Patriots. Now let's talk about 
man, you guys know, you know this is my favorite part of the podcast, but I'm not lying to you when I say this. I am still, right now, undecided on who my survivor pick is. So we're going to go game by game, and maybe, just maybe, I can talk myself into one, and I'll figure it out live on the podcast. So I know I have two games that I'm deciding between, but we're going to go through all the games because this is a super tough week, and I just want to give my thoughts on why. So let's go. Texans, we're going to go rapid fire. Texans-Titans, one, division game. Stay away from division games. Two, Titans should win this game, but they have two days less of prep time than the Texans coming off a Tuesday game. Texans game was on Sunday. So Texans have two extra days of preparation versus the Titans, and it's a divisional game. That's a no-go. Washington, Giants, also a divisional game. Also, both bad offenses, both bad defenses other than Washington's D-line, which is why I think Washington is going to win. By the way, I do think the Titans are still going to win, but uh, it's too close for me to take that game in Survivor Pool. Washington Giants, I think Washington will win. Still too close. They're both horrible teams. All it takes is one defensive turnover, and that team wins the game. So no thank you there. Bengals Colts, Joe Burrow could easily lead this team to a win. But because Philip Rivers is, you know, horrible, he sucks, as I say on every podcast. And also the Colts defense could carry the Colts to a win. So I could see that game going either direction. No thank you. Falcons-Vikings. Both horrible defenses, even worse secondaries, and both have, you know, good receivers, two good receivers, Julio and Ridley on one side, Thielen and Jefferson on the other. Both have underperforming quarterbacks, I would say, with Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins. So that game could go either way. I would not be surprised. I think the Vikings win. So if you want to take the Vikings, go for it. But I would not be surprised if the Falcons win this game. Bears-Panthers. This is going to be a low-scoring game. Bears have a good defense. Panthers have an offense that has been clicking and looked really good. The past three weeks, they've reeled three straight. The Bears are also 4-1. and one. This is not a game that I'm touching. Lions, Jaguars, Matt Stafford versus Gardner Minshew. This one, I'm not that, that weary off of. I think the Lions win this game versus Gardner Minshew, especially with C.J. Henderson likely to miss the game. I think Josh Allen is also going to miss the game. So the Jaguars' defense was already bad. Now it's going to be even worse missing those key young pieces on their defense. I think the Lions are going to win this game, but the Lions have not looked good, and they've also blown double-digit leads almost every game this season. So that means that the Jaguars might be able to do it to them again. So I'm not taking that game because I'm not going to lie. The mustache kind of scares me. Browns-Steelers. One, divisional game. Two, both have great records. Steelers obviously have one of the best defenses in the league, but the Browns have a great rushing attack, even without Chubb, and they still have good receivers on the outside. The Steelers' secondary so far has not been performing to the level that they were last year, especially Minka Fitzpatrick. He's still been playing good, but he's not otherworldly like he was last year when he just completely transformed their defense and made them elite. So, I mean, that could go either way. I wouldn't be surprised. Ravens, Eagles. Look, this is a shoe-in for the Ravens, right? Well, I will say that the past two games, Carson has looked better and better. And this game, Djax and Alshon are both coming back. If they are coming back at like 90% health or better, this game could be closer than people want to admit. And the Eagles D-line is still pretty good. So I would not be surprised at all if the Eagles win this game. I'm not calling for it. I would say there's about a 25% chance that happens. But I am not going to use the Ravens in a survivor pool one of the best 
absolutely best teams to use in a game where I'm not 100% sure they're winning. It's just stupid. So I'm going to save them and wait for a better matchup. So I'm not touching the Ravens-Eagles game. Packers, Bucks. Do I need to talk about that one at all? That could go either way. It's a shootout. Rams, 49ers. Once again, divisional game. And, I mean, the Rams have not looked good in their wins. Like, they're 4-1, and one, yes. But if you watch their games and, like, never saw the, the, the end of the games and didn't see what the score was and you just watched them play, you would not think that the Rams were 4-1. and one. It does not... Their offense is not nearly as good as it has been. Yes, the 49ers' defense is injured and stuff. I do think the Rams win the game, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the 49ers win either. Bills, Chiefs, I'm pretty confident the Chiefs win this game, but the Chiefs are my favorite team to save in the survivor pool, so why use them now versus a Bills team that's really good and, you know, maybe Josh Allen hits two or three deep throws like Derek Carr did and then they win and beat the Chiefs. So no thanks, staying away from that one. The last one I'm staying away from, Cardinals Cowboys why well we already used the Cardinals and the Cowboys have Andy Dalton and even if Dak Prescott was there I would have no idea who's going to win that game so I'm staying away from that one now with that said there's two games and if you're really good really good you would know which two games we have not gone over yet if you're like you know just on top of it and that's the Patriots Broncos game and the Dolphins Jets game those are the two games I feel good about this week in Survivor And I still don't know which one I'm taking. I'm not going to lie. So I will make a decision before the podcast is over. We're going to talk about them right now. But before we do so, I just want to say, guys, we made it to the final 5.5% in the survivor pool. And if the Cowboys lost, they beat the Giants 37-34. If they lost last week, 30% of voters took the Cowboys in that matchup. This would be down to like three. No, it'd be down to like four something percent. So that was a super like crazy game that I was watching, hoping the Giants pulled it out. But because obviously we didn't go with the Cowboys. Who do we go this week? Who played the Jets? <laughs> I'm pretty sure we just took the team versus the Jets. It was, oh, the Cardinals, right? Yeah. So we just took the Cardinals. And yeah, so now we're going to take either the Patriots versus the Broncos or the Dolphins versus the Jets. So let's talk about it. All right. Whew, here we go. Cam Newton, he should be back in a Patriots uniform. If he is, there is no way the Broncos win this game. No way at all. The Patriots, with Brian Hoyer, almost beat the Chiefs, okay? And they held that offense down. The Broncos' offense is nowhere near the Chiefs. They can't even sniff their butt, all right? I don't even know if that's the saying, but that's how it is. That's how far the Broncos are from the Chiefs' offense. And, you know, it's partly due to injury and partly just because they're not an amazing offense. But with all that said, that's the safe play. Now, the risky play, Dolphins versus the Jets. Why is it risky? Okay, I'm like 80% sure the Dolphins win. But why would I take? Why would I think about taking the Dolphins if I'm only 80% sure? Because the Dolphins are a team that you will never want to take in a survivor pool. And if you have the opportunity to take them, you get them out of the way. Now, there's two ways to look at this next point. The Dolphins might be, might be, they don't tell you until after because obviously that would influence how people pick, but the Dolphins might be a super popular survivor pick this week. I would not be surprised if the Dolphins versus the Jets this week was last week's version of the Cowboys versus the Giants and 30% of people go Dolphins. 
I don't know if that makes me want to go Dolphins more or less, because if we go, you know, Dolphins and 30% of people go Dolphins, then it didn't help us out that much. It got us to the next week and we got them out the way. Yes, but it didn't help us out that much. Now, if we don't go Dolphins and 30% of the people do and the Dolphins lose, boom, there goes a whole bunch of participants. So also, you're like maximizing your chance of succeeding in the next week. Because if you go the opposite direction as everyone else and they're wrong and you're still right somewhere else, then all right, you're looking a lot better. So it's tough. It really is tough for me to decide. And why do I think this game is risky? The Dolphins secondary is no joke. I don't think that they're going to have trouble defending the Jets. And the Jets offense is severely limited, especially because they just cut Le'Veon Bell. And Flacco is on track to play instead of Sam Darnold. So that makes me more confident. But, but, all it takes is for Fitz Magic to turn in another Fitz Tragic game. And if that happens, if he throws two picks, we watched the Broncos game, right? Did you guys watch the Broncos game on Thursday versus the Jets? Ripping through two, I believe it was two, maybe three, interceptions, and it kept the Jets in the game the whole time. And I don't know if the Dolphins' defense is yet on the level of the Broncos defense. And I don't know, man. It's just, I you know, you get that gut feeling and something tells me this is a little bit risky that the Jets might get their first win of the season. Because when you're dealing with a team that has not won the game yet, the win is going to come eventually. Very rarely have we ever seen an 0-16 team, right? The win is going to come eventually this year for the Jets. I don't think they're going 0-16. They're probably going to pull out one or two wins at some point, And this week is probably one of the easiest weeks. It will be probably their easiest matchup all year. So if they're going to do it eventually, it's a good chance it's this week. So that's part of the reason I'm hesitant. And if I want to be safe, I'll go to the Patriots game. All right, you know what? We're going to move over to my situations to monitor while I'm still deciding in the back of my head which way I'm going to go, Dolphins or Patriots. And we'll go over that and then I'll get back to you. So situations to monitor. Just be patient with me, guys. How does the Texans' offense look in Week 2 without Bill O'Brien? Brandon Cooks got involved massively. They were using him differently than before. They were not having him against the sideline where the defender could use the sideline against him. They had him inside the numbers more. It makes him a lot more lethal. Uh, It lets him work with his best attribute, which is route running and, you know, quick feet and shaking guys off the route. So, I mean, if they keep using him like that, Brandon Cooks is going to be great all season. How does returning Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson look in Philly? And how does that affect our look on Carson Wentz going forward? That's something to keep an eye on. Alexander Madison debut. Look, I think he's going to be great, but it'll be fun to watch. So that's just something to monitor. Cleveland versus Pittsburgh. That's going to be a gritty divisional matchup. Just a good game to watch. Can Burrow bounce back from one tough defense in the Ravens to another in Indy? Is he going to just have two bad games in a row? Or is he going to be, you know, the kind of guy that just rises above? And after that bad game, just comes back all cylinders firing, you know? Which stunningly good team pulls out a W between the Panthers and the Bears? Nobody thought either of these two teams would be this good, except I will have to give myself some credit and say that I did tweet out Chicago might win their division, um, but that was me in the offseason thinking that they were going to start Nick Foles from the jump. I did not think, once I knew Mitch Trubisky was going to be this good, that the Bears would have this good of a record. 
or I mean that Mitch Trubisky was going to start, that the Bears would have this good of a record. That was surprising. And I actually was higher on Carolina than most two, just because I knew they had some good pieces on that D-line, and I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is as bad as everyone else thinks. But a winning record, I did not see that happening. I would have thought maybe they'd be 2-3 and three at this point, not 3-2. and two. Granted, it's only one game, but if you extend that over the course of the rest of the season, that's a three-game difference. So I thought they were more of a 7-9 and nine team. Maybe they're eight and eighteen. Maybe, maybe they're nine and seven. So that's pretty stunning. And then, does Jerry Judy get covered up by Stephon Gilmore, or is his route running elite? Look, we've said it all season. Je- Jerry Judy is the best route runner to come out of college in the last so many years, like five at least. Jerry Judy is already shaking defenders out their boots. Is he going to be able to do it versus Stephon Gilmore? Is he really elite? Does Tim Patrick? continue being the number two with Drew Locke back. He got, you know, he actually got more targets than Jerry Judy. He was the number one for Brett Rippon, but obviously that wouldn't have continued. At least I don't think it would have if Rippon saved the starter and he would have eventually had Judy take over. But with Locke back, who is the number two behind Judy? Is it still going to be Tim Patrick? Which Jets running back gets what? When does P. Ryan get touches? When does Gore get touches? Who gets the red zone touches? Who gets the receptions? Who gets, you know, all of that. That's going to be something to monitor. The fully loaded Bucks offense minus O.J. Howard versus the fully loaded Green Bay offense minus Lazard. It's a pretty even matchup. I wish that the Bucks had Vita Vea. That would make a huge difference in this game because Aaron Jones might be able to just run all over us all of a sudden. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but that's going to be a great game to watch. Probably the best game of the week. Andy Dalton, who is his favorite target in Dallas? Rams running back rotation. Akers... Pulled off a huge run, 40-something yards last week. Are they going to look at that and be like, okay, I like this guy's breakaway potential, breakaway run rate, whatever, and I'm going to give him some more carries? You know, just how does that Rams running back rotation work? And then lastly, Jimmy Garoppolo, game two, he's back. How's he going to look? Now, with that said, I can only postpone this for so much longer. We're going to go into defensive streamers. I got three for you guys, Washington versus the Giants. The Dolphins versus the Jets, and the Rams versus the 49ers, and now is the time. Who are we taking this week in the survivor pool? I'm thinking that I'm going to go Miami. I'm going to go Miami. I'm going to go Miami. Lock it in. We're going Miami this week. We're going to be sweating this one out. I already know it. It's going to be like a three-point game. We're going to be sweating it out, but I'm trusting Miami's secondary. There's a few things I'm trusting here. One, the Jets organization, I don't think any of the players give a shit about Gase. None of them care how anyone looks at him. It's not like, oh, let's rally behind our coach and try to save his job. No, I'm pretty sure most of the players there are probably thinking they're going to be better off if Gase is gone. So they're not going to have a rallying cry, Jets, the Jets. Um, and the Dolphins are coming off a hot win versus, you know, a team that's been injured, yes, but they gotta be feel, they gotta feel good about killing the Niners. They have to feel good about that. Their D-line showed up well. If they do that versus the Jets, it's game over. If that, so I'm basically banking on the defenses. Like Fitzpatrick could be great or bad, or bad. So I don't want to just say, oh, I think Fitz is going to be great. That's why I'm taking the Dolphins. No, I'm taking the Dolphins because of their defense. Their secondary is very good. Their D-line showed up last week. Hopefully they do so today, or not today, this week. So I'm going to go lock it in right when I'm done 
recording the podcast, I'm locking it in. Miami Dolphins versus the Jets. Whoo! Oh, man. I can already feel. I can already feel the, the nervousness. Let's go. I'm excited about it. Let's let's get it. Lastly, thank you guys for listening to this point. If you play DFS, if you like DraftKings, FanDuel, and if you do regular sports betting, you know, over-unders on games, yards, points, whatever it may be, whatever the case may be, check out Thrive Fantasy. Use code DEEPDIVE. They will match your deposit up to $50, minimum deposit of $20, when you sign up using promo code DEEPDIVE. And they're different from FanDuel. They're different from uh, DraftKings. That's why I encourage you to check them out because they don't really compete with each other. Thrive Fantasy is more of an over-under kind of game. They'll give you the best players. Even if you're not a guy who feels like you are the most knowledgeable on depth for teams and all this nonsense. Look, they give you over-unders on the most popular well-known guys on the most popular teams. And it's pretty easy, you know? Do you think... Tom Brady's going to throw over 300 yards or under 300 yards this week versus the Packers. You pick one over, under, you make 10 of those picks out of 20 options. And if you're better than 50% of the field, you make money. It's easy. Promo code, deep dive, lock it in. And with that said, that wraps up the podcast, guys. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate your support. If you have not left me a rating or review, please, please do so for me. It will help me out a lot. It, you know, it just goes so far and it makes my day every time I see a review come in. So just do that for me if you can. Reach out to a couple of friends. Hope you guys have a great week this week. Hopefully you guys kill it. Let me know if you have any questions in the DMs. Remember that's Deep Dive FF on Twitter. You can slide there or you can slide on Instagram, Deep Dive Fantasy Football. That's about it, boys. Good luck this week. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor. Peace.